Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes, grab a coffee, and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. Hey everybody. For today I decided to take a break from talking about Italy, continue that another time, and instead read a submission for uh, a subreddit called No Sleep that I wrote a couple years ago. If you're not familiar with No Sleep, it's a subreddit that people post stories, um, usually horror stories or scary stories, suspense stories, and they call it No Sleep because these are things that you would read when you couldn't sleep at night. And I, I had found this Reddit page, I'd say probably about six or seven years ago. And, you know, I had this, I, I like suspense and I like things that make you think and psychological thrillers type of, of stories. And I fell upon this and got hooked and started reading all these submissions that people were doing. And there's some really cool stories, a lot of creative people out there. And I decided I, I would do it myself. And so this is a story that I actually submitted for No Sleep. And it's not like it's for a contest or anything. It's just uh, a board that people put stories on. And people can comment and they can rate them and stuff like that. And I, I actually don't think I even made it public. I think I just put it on my own thing. And I don't think anyone's ever seen it. So I'm going to read it now and see what you think. Um, for some of you, this might be a little creepy. So fair warning. Um, others you might find it entertaining and some might not like it at all, but here it is. And really there's no, it's just a, it's just a fairy tale. It's not anything that's based on life or anything. So just take it as that. It's just fiction. Here we go. It's a horrible thing to say or even think but I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with our four-year-old daughter. Two weeks ago, during a much-needed sleep, I was startled out of slumber by the eerie feeling of someone else in our room. Have you ever had that happen to you? No matter the depth of slumber or how far into a dream you are, if there is a minuscule change in your room's atmosphere, your brain acts as a night guard and alerts your body to an intruder, forcing you out of hibernation and sets you to the task of finding the source of the disturbance. Sometimes it's as nothing and your brain got it wrong. But other times, the brain is right and something has changed. Maybe there's a thunderstorm outside, or an animal knocked over a trash can, or perhaps the, go the power went out, causing the white noise from a fan to shut down abruptly, leaving you entrenched in a silence so thick it blows out your ears. On that particular night, the brain was spot on in its warning. Moments before I was forced out of peace, 
I had a dream of our family playing outside in a field near some trees and a small creek. My wife, Cindy, was on a blanket in the grass with our youngest daughter, Shelly, who was only 14 months old, and they were playing with a teddy bear. Cindy was kneeling over Shelly, who was on her back laughing, that cute baby laugh that sounds more like a toy than a person, and Cindy was holding the bear just out of reach of Shelly's fingers, which was causing the adorable chuckle. I was only a few feet away, leaning against the nearest tree and smiling as I watched the two consumed with each other in a cocoon of love, trust, and adoration. My gaze went from them to a few yards past them, where our other daughter, Lucy, was playing with a teddy bear of her own we bought for her a couple of years ago at the gift shop in the Bronx Zoo. She picked it out of a plethora of different plush animals, and she hasn't let it leave her side since. She calls it Benny. As I'm looking at Lucy, I have a warm feeling of pride and responsibility. Proud to be a father, but mindful of the immense role I play in their lives as a caregiver, friend, and parent. Not necessarily in that order. I look back at Cindy and Shelley, who have ceased their playing and are now both looking towards Lucy. Even Shelley was now off her back and in a seated position, turned to the direction of her sister. My smile changed to a confused smirk. I followed their gaze to Lucy, who was now standing straight up motionless, and looking directly into my eyes with a stoic face and purposeful eyes that looked black instead of their mesmerizing blue slate. Her arms are at her sides, and she's holding something in each hand. In one hand, she's holding the body of Benny, her stuffed teddy bear. In the other hand, she's holding Benny's head. Blood started pouring out of the animal's head and body as the sky turned from a beautiful, peaceful blue to a tumultuous gray and green, as if hail and lightning were about to be unleashed from the heavens. Lucy continued her glare as she shifted her arm, holding Benny's head in front of her, towards my direction as she reached shoulder height. The mouth of Benny opened, and a blood bubble formed in its mouth. The bubble grew larger and larger until it was the size of a beach ball. In the bubble, I could see my reflection, but upside down. The image was as clear as a mirror. I could see the shock in my eyes and mouth, but that wasn't all I could see. Next to me in the reflection, just at my side staring up at me, was Lucy. I quickly turned my body to face her and immediately noticed that her eyes were not the black I thought they were before. They were the color of blood as it is reflected when it's under the light of the moon. A deep crimson that's so near to black that it almost takes on an onyx hue with a rim of red. Even though I was aware in the dream that it was only a dream, I could feel panic and fear flood through every inch of my body. As I see a bolt of lightning pierce the darkness through the reflection in her eyes, Lucy thrusts her hand into my gut like a knife and I'm snapped awake. My upper body shot to an upright position, and I gasped for air as though I was underwater for moments longer than my lungs were able to handle. As terrifying as that was, it wasn't the only thing that woke me, but part of a perfectly timed coincidence. There was something different in our bedroom, and I knew immediately that it was the presence of another person that lingered in the dark. I opened my eyes and slowly scanned the room, starting with our bed to see my wife sleeping next to me, and moving to the closet that was positioned on her side of the room. Following the wall to the window, overlooking the backyard, and past my dresser, where our television sat, and then to the corner of the room that was closest to the foot of our bed on my side. That corner of the room was outside the path of moonlight that showed in from the window, so it was blanketed in shadow, and thus, objects there were harder to identify. However, I knew that's where she was. I didn't see Lucy before I knew it was her, and at the time, I didn't attribute my divination to the nightmare I just experienced. 
but I recognized the presence of my daughter due to my daddy sense. I spent the past four years learning every fiber of my daughter's being. Her mannerism, her breathing pattern, her footsteps and gait. The little movements she makes with her hands as she walk dances through the house. I know her. She was standing there, in the shadow, not making any movements or breathing so I could hear it. But I was sure she was there. It didn't take long for my eyes to adjust accordingly, and as she came into vision, my eyes met hers as they were staring directly at me, unblinking, and with a purposeful glare that still makes my blood freeze. I don't know why, but I wasn't able to move or even speak for several moments, but when I found my voice, I quietly and carefully said, Hi, sweetie. Everything okay? Without a word, Lucy turned away and walked out of the room. I followed her with my eyes and watched as her shadow moved through the hall and into her own bedroom before closing the door. Needless to say, I didn't get any more sleep that night. Nor have I gotten much since, and that's due to the fact that I've had different variations of the same dream every night, only to be interrupted by the familiar feeling of being watched. However, I woke to no one but Sydney in the room with me. No Lucy, at least not that I could see, that is, until last night. Before I dive into the living nightmare of the previous night, let me just say that I've gone over these dreams, the feelings of unrest, and even the odd behavior of my daughter with my wife. But she thinks I'm just overstressed with work and the normal day-to-day, and I'd say she was probably right. But not after witnessing what I did yesterday. I fell asleep fairly quickly due to exhaustion from being deprived of a decent night's rest in 14 days. I don't know how long it took for me to fall right back into the now-recurrent dreamscape, but it felt no less real. There I was, staring down at my daughter as she glared back at me with murderous rage and contempt. And even though I knew what was coming, the shock of being stabbed still jolted me awake as though it were new. I sat upright in my bed and felt my stomach for a wound. Just as I had the nights before and just as it was every other night, my hand came back clean. I rubbed my eyes and my head to attempt to remove the dream from my memory, but as it did, the sinking feeling of someone watching me slapped me in the face. I slowly moved my hands from my eyes and glanced around the room, checking each and every spot where I thought Lucy could be hiding, but yet again, I couldn't see anyone but Sydney next to me. With a sigh of relief, I fell back onto my pillow and returned my hands to my eyes to continue the scrubbing of memories. And as I massaged my temples and began to relax, my nerves skipped as I heard the sound of a small exhale, just to my left. I didn't need to open my eyes to know that I had made the mistake of not checking the side of my bed where Lucy was now standing, staring at me as she did on that first night. I slowly turned my head and faced my seemingly innocent and presumably loving daughter, but even in the dark, I knew something wasn't right. I couldn't see the whites in her eyes, which isn't so unusual considering how dark it was, but you'd think I'd be able to at least see a shade of difference, but there was none. And then I realized that there were no discernible marks on her face whatsoever, no lips, no nose, no characteristics that I've made myself so familiar with over the past four years, as I've studied and soaked in her features every single day. Totally terrified and on the verge of screaming. I mustered the courage to speak. I asked, Honey, are you okay? Did you have a bad dream? 
I'm assuming this would be a normal question for a father to ask of their child at 3 a.m., but the response I received told me otherwise. Instead of words, a deafening growl-type screech shook the room, forcing me to cover my ears and eyes, but as quickly as it came, it was gone. I kept my hands over my ears and slowly opened only one of my eyes, but the figure who I thought was Lucy wasn't there. I shot out of bed and quickly looked around every corner of the room. I ran to the switch on the wall and turned on our lights, forcing Sydney awake. What are you doing? she asked, understandably annoyed. I looked at her in astonishment and said, You didn't hear that? Hear what? she snapped. What? That guttural scream that just shook our whole house. That's what. She just sighed and said, Turn off the light and go to sleep, Dan. You're dreaming again. I told her I couldn't believe you didn't hear that. How could you not hear what had to be the most frightening sound I've ever heard in my life? And with that, Cindy mumbled something and turned over, falling asleep almost immediately. I just stood there, almost angry that she didn't experience what I had, and brushed it off as though I were crazy. But with one more look around the room, I turned off the light and left. There was no way I was going to fall back asleep now. I was far too scared. I quietly moved through the hallway and checked every room, every corner for something hiding in the shadows. I even walked into the girls' room to check if Lucy was in her bed, which she was, and from the looks of her, she had been there all night. Was Cindy right? Was it all just a sleep-starved dream? I gave up and decided to head downstairs to watch TV in hopes to doze off, but before I left the room I heard the same small exhale I heard back in my bedroom. I turned very slowly to face Lucy, who was now standing on top of her bed, staring at me, holding her teddy bear, Benny in one hand, and an object I couldn't quite make out in the other. Before I could say anything, she spoke. Go to bed, Daddy. It's not time. And as she spoke the words, a bolt of lightning flashed in the window behind her. I don't know why, but I listened and rushed out of the room, into my own, closing and locking the door behind me. I've never felt so terrified in my life. It also didn't help that the voice coming from my daughter wasn't hers. I'm afraid to go to sleep tonight. What do you all think I should do? I'm at a loss. She's my daughter. The one I've loved since I first heard her bark beat in that little device the doctor placed on Cindy's belly over four years ago. The same little girl I've checked in on every night she's been alive to make sure she was breathing and comfortable in her crib and later her bed. She's my daughter, isn't she? Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song was written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo on a guitar that I gave him because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.